0: I'd I like this, to focus this morning on one particular, the, the very last line. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life, for my sake, will find it. You know, in, in the Gospels, uh, the words of Jesus so often are, I like to point out that it's just extreme hyperbole, right? Extreme hyperbole. I don't think Jesus is talking about um, losing our life in order to find Jesus. But, there may be another way of looking at that. How often did Jesus tell someone to give up everything? Give up their possessions? He says... you you can't take all those possessions and drag it through the eye of a needle. More hyperbole, right? All this stuff we have. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff. Who has a lot of stuff? And it owns me. Honestly, it owns me. You know what I mean? And he asks you to give up your money. This poor fellow comes and says, what must I do to in, inherit eternal life? And he says to him, well, you follow the law, da, 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 da. And the guy says back, well, you, uh, I've done that all my life. And Jesus says, well, go sell everything you've got and give it to the poor and follow me. Okay. And the scripture says he went away very distressed. As you might well imagine. And here we're talking about giving up our family. Giving up our family. I know there's times when we, we take a stand that the family is not ready for. There, there's trouble, you know. But nobody's going to die over this, give up their job. Matthew, the tax collector, was sitting at his tax collecting booth. I mean, he had a very lucrative job. It was a questionable uh, job, for sure. I uh, could say a lot more about that. But it was very lucrative. He wasn't well loved by his fellow men, but uh, uh, Jesus comes along and, and, and says, and we read this last week, didn't we? He says, Matthew Quit that job, get up and follow me. I know somebody's in this very room that that was called that way. Give up that job and follow me. Go to seminary. So happy for her. Happy for Matthew. He asked his follow followers for their lives, not their physical life. He just asked this man to sell everything, give money to the poor. He called the crowds, the disciples, and said, if anyone wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And he says again, for those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. That's from Mark. We just read it in Matthew. What is Jesus asking of us anyway? What does he want? A few will give up. Very few will give up all their worldly possessions. Some do, of course. You know, you go to the monastery or the, the convent. Even fewer will give up their life, that is, actually die for him. Some do, of course. We know their stories. And some have died and we don't know their stories. I, think, I like to think that every single one of us would at least like to have a glimpse of the kingdom of God, like right now right now? What would we have to give up? Well, we won't get there by dragging our stuff with us. We won't, you know, our wealth stands in our way. That's really clear in the Gospels. The worldly goods and pleasures hold us hostage. We can't talk our way in This is one quote from Jesus. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And we can't just kick the door down. He tells us that. Here it is. The law and the prophets were in effect until John, John the Baptist, came. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is proclaimed. And everyone tries to enter it by force. That's Jesus talking. He said, the cares of the world and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, and it yields nothing. So it's hard, and it? It's really hard. We have this, a few weeks ago, we read the story of uh, Nick the Pharisee. Remember Nicodemus the Pharisee, Nick the Pharisee. He was no doubt rich and powerful. He came in the middle of the night, you know, looking for something. Came at night so his fellow Pharisees wouldn't see him, what he was doing. Kind of like behind their backs. And like so many that came to Jesus, he did not get the answer he expected or wanted. Jesus tells him, give up your life and be born again. And, of course, that just goes right over Nicodemus' head. He didn't even imagine. You know, he says, how can I enter the womb again and be born again? You know, he just doesn't get it. I mean, and who would? I mean, you, it takes a lot of contemplation to figure out what he was really trying to say. And he makes this challenge more than once in the gospel several times he tells us that we have to to gain our life we have to lose our life what does that mean you know our sense of self our ego but our our sense of self begins at a very very young age as an infant they they say an infant There's all kinds of science you can read about it. But uh, early in in a child's life begins to develop a sense of self. It's very interesting. Because we're born completely vulnerable and independent. Dependent, (laughs) not independent. Vulnerable and independent, a small child was. There's a little one right over there. Long ways from being that. <laughs> and our, so our sense of self, our egos, develop as we mature and take control of our life, or try to take control of our life, the life that God has given us. We create an image of ourself. And we, in, in a way, we separate ourselves from God and the kingdom of God when we do that. Some people like to say that the definition of sin is simply separation. Simply separation. When we separate ourselves from one another, that could be said to be sin. We separate ourselves from God, we leave the kingdom and enter the world. Jesus says, I want you to be in the world, but not of the world. You have to think about that for a minute. There's a little story that goes around. It's said to be true. A lot of stories are said to be true, right? But it's about a uh, a couple um, that they have a... Uh, I think the way the story goes, they have a three-year-old child, some, a child about that age or so, and the couple has uh, gives birth to a new baby, and they bring, they bring the baby home and put the baby in this in the room, and the little three-year-old comes and says, "Can I go in and talk to the baby?" And they say, "Sure, you can. Can I go in and close the door and talk to the baby?" So they think about that for a minute but they have one of those listening things you know that you put in with with the kids so you can hear what mischief they're getting into and so they say okay go ahead so she goes in and she closes the door and they're listening and she hears the little 3-year-old say tell me about God I've almost forgotten Tell me about God. I've almost forgotten. So we build this ego, this self around us. And, and in a way, it shuts God out. Now, building an ego is not a, a bad thing. It's, we shouldn't think of it that way. We need our self-identity so we can get along with each other, work together, you know, all kinds of good reasons but it can get in the way. Here's a little poem for you. Before I leave here, you're going to hear a lot of poetry. This is a poem by Jack Myers. I don't really know much more about him, but he wrote this little poem. It's called Fragment. Remember when you were little and you could shout like like the yellow sun on the horizon, here I come. Before your self-image was a light bulb in the fridge of your self-esteem. And you weren't afraid of anything in life because there wasn't any difference between everything in life and you. Remember how large you felt. I read one uh, in one book I was reading about... uh, Self. It described a, this, this self that we put on. We put it on every day when, when we get up, I guess. Along with our clothes. You know, look at me. I mean, I, <laughs> this is what I am today. So, uh, but it allows us to safely function. It's kind of a barrier that we put on when we were a tiny little baby. And we kept it ever since. One thing I read called it, called it like our space suit. We, we put on our space suit. So when we go out of the out of the spaceship, we have this space suit that, that protects us. We begin to put it on at a very early age. It's necessary. And as I, as I say, it should not be characterized as a bad thing or to be avoided but it's to be something to be known that we need to know it protects the vulnerable child and you and me from what what we truly are our true self father thomas keating who's the kind of the godfather of contemplative prayer christ centered prayer calls it our false self And this it's kind of there's a barrier between our false self and, and the true self where the kingdom of God is. Did, did any of your parents or anybody or school teacher, say, just who do you think you are, young lady? What do you just who do you think you are, young man? I've heard it. I've heard it. You heard a lot? <laughs> that might not be good being born again might be might mean simply kind of like starting over and you can just do it over and over and over again you can disrobe ourselves from our protective spacesuit forget about ourselves for a few minutes is all we might need to do I hope when I open the service today, maybe if you had thought about it, you could see that maybe you were doing that, letting everything else go. As we begin again as a child, you know Jesus said, it's the children that will enter the kingdom, right? He's so right about that. It might still be a false self suited for a role in the culture in which we live, but it's still a false self. And it's not a bad thing unless we don't realize it and know it and know what it is. And maybe every once in a while open the visor of the space suit and look out and see the truth. Maybe our space suit could be altered a little bit to make it uh, possible for the kingdom to come in. So, you know what we did this morning. At our open this service was an exercise of the mind that can be. It could become a practice if you wanted. A practice that can be done anytime, anywhere. You don't have to be sitting here in church with your with your feet planted on the floor <laughs>